When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Angolano, and joining me as always is Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia. Fellas, how are we doing on this Thursday, now one week before the NBA draft? Yeah, we're officially a week away. I mean, this is your your, your last week of, of before uh, the Pistons roster could uh, potentially change in a, in a major way. I know we're going to talk about that uh, as we kind of really preview the, the NBA draft uh, next week for the Pistons. So excited to get into it. Glad we have the, the full trio here today to discuss. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't usually uh, miss episodes. I've missed two of the last three. So, you know, I might be a little rusty, guys. I Hopefully my uh, really, really annoying and bad comparisons uh, will be on point today. Um, but you know what? I mean, we're a week away. It's kind of crazy to think because it feels like since the, the regular season ended for the Pistons, we've been just waiting for this, waiting for this, waiting for this. And now that it's coming up, I'm like, oh, boy, this is coming up so fast. I, I have no idea still who the Pistons are going to take, really. Uh, there's so many variables in play here, so I'm just ready to get into it, fellas. And get into it, we will, right after a word from our sponsor. As always, it's Bet Online, and our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, which could end tonight the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V. Get your 50% welcome bonus. Gets you into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Don't bet on the Tigers. Um, I feel like I say this almost every week. <laughs> Don't bet on the Tigers. Um, an embarrassment. All they needed to do was beat the White Sox so that the the guards could uh, get a little bit of separation from them. But alas, um, instead they get blown out 13 to nothing. So the, t- anyway. the, t- the Tigers stink, Mike. You know what? Bet online odds. I like a little bit better than the Tigers, though. 
are those odds of DeAndre Ayton's next team. Pistons still in the lead at plus 125. Um, so, I mean, you know, Pacers are plus 250 for them. Uh, you know, the, the, the Pistons seem to be, and I know we're going to get into more of the draft today, uh, but we can't forget that there's still a really, really good chance the Pistons are going to be coming away after or even maybe before the draft uh, with a really interesting, really interesting shakeup in their roster uh, if they can pull off something for DeAndre. So that's a great segue into our first topic. We are going to be getting to the NBA draft. This is going to be our last podcast ahead of the draft, so we will have plenty of talk about the draft. Pistons are picking fifth in case you are a Pistons fan who's hidden under a rock for a while. Um, they are selecting fifth. Um, there's been a lot of back and forth about who they're going to take at five smoke screens everywhere. Aaron and I talked about it on one of our duo pods of just where do you get good information from? What do you take at face value? And right now, especially the week before the draft, this is like agent season where agents are going to say whatever they need to say to whatever team is working out a player. Um, Pistons were in on Jay Nivey. Then there was a report they were out on Jay Nivey. Then there's a report that they really like Jay Nivey. <laughs> you have to be very careful. Uh, there's smoke screens all over the place. So regardless, the Pistons will be picking fifth. There has been talk of the Sacramento Kings not being the preferred destination for Jay Nivey. Not that he has any say in the matter either. Um, so lots of back and forth. Keegan Murray has gotten a lot of praise Benedict Mathurin's flying up most mock drafts and most boards, it seems. So, guys, the Pistons are picking fifth. We've talked about this a lot, but all of the intel coming into today, um, I'll start with Aaron. Aaron, the Pistons are going to be picking five. Who are they picking at five? Yeah, I think if the Pistons are picking at five, I'm going to have them selecting Jaden Ivey out of Purdue. Uh, some of the intel that's been reported uh, says that Sacramento – really likes Keegan Murray and that they may not, or that Jaden Ivey doesn't want to be a King. That's not his ideal place to go. So I think when you mix those two reports together, uh, I think it makes sense. It's starting to, to swing towards uh, if Sacramento keeps, keeps a fourth pick, they'll be selecting Keegan Murray and that tees up Jaden Ivey on a platter for Detroit. It really couldn't go, uh, any better for Detroit uh, if that were the case, you know, after falling out of the top three and everyone was talking about, oh, just get a top three pick, just get a top three pick. They end up falling not just to four, but to five, where at least in my opinion, you know, it's the top three guys, Jade and Ivy. And then I think it's like a tier below of those next prospects. Like those are the top four guys in my mind and everyone else is, is not at the same tier. Um, but in this sense, Sacramento ends up taking Keegan Murray it puts Jaden Ivey on a platter for Detroit at five. That's who I would be taking, uh, assuming he's available. If Jaden Ivey gets picked at four, um, you know, it gets a little bit different. I know that, uh, you know, it it's, sounds like there's three real prospects that have a chance to be taken uh, at five between Ivey, uh, Murray, and then Benedict Matherin as well, who has uh, really started to make a name for himself over these last few weeks. Uh, he's one of these guys that every year just – finds his way crawling up the mock drafts, crawling up the boards uh, as you get closer to the draft. And, you know, in another week's time, who knows, uh, he could be, uh, uh, you know, be, be picked at five after being mocked, you know, at 
10, you know, a month or so ago, uh, whether, you know, whatever you look back at those mock drafts. So if the Pistons are picking five uh, and only five, I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey. I think it's, it's sounding like Keegan Murray is going to be a Sacramento King. You get the report that Jaden Ivey's camp doesn't want him in Sacramento. And not that we haven't seen the Kings, you know, take guys that, that have said, or maybe don't want to, or haven't picked to go there. I believe Davion Mitchell was not a guy that they worked out or anything last year. They ended up taking him anyway. And uh, he played very well for them last year after the Tyrese Halliburton trade. Um, but in this case, I think Sacramento takes Keegan Murray. When you look at all of the factors uh, that I've mentioned, and I think that tees up Jaden Ivey for the Pistons at five. And I'd be ecstatic if I was Detroit having the opportunity to take him. Yeah, I think, look, a part of it, I think also, though, has to be we have to separate how much of this is like what teams actually think, what teams actually want, what teams are actually doing versus what their fan bases are expecting. You know, we've talked about Matherin a lot, and I, I think we're all in agreement. We all really like him as a player, but I haven't seen really that much coming out from, you know, Pistons or even national guys that I really trust. Um that really suggests that the front office is all that enamored with him. Uh, I mean, I think they like him. They've obviously worked him out. He's obviously a factor there, but really the two guys I have seen the most about and the two that I feel most confident in them taking uh, are going to be Keegan Murray and Jaden Ivey. And look, there's another couple things here where we also have to separate, like just because we think it's going to go, okay, Jabari, then Chet, then Paolo doesn't necessarily mean that's the case. Mike, you said it. This is agent season. And apparently Chet Holmgren uh, has not shared his medical information with several top teams in the draft. Apparently his, his, you know, his handlers or even perhaps him himself don't want him going to certain situations. Um, so we can't necessarily even assume that Jaden Ivey is going to go forward. There's a chance he could get taken number two by OKC if they don't feel comfortable in taking Chet Holmgren. Uh, and maybe they don't want a uh, 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 Paulo Bancaro. So I think those are also things that we have to, we have to think about that. There's a chance that then, Hey, you know, maybe one of those top three guys slips out of the top three and ends going top four instead. Uh, there's going to be a lot of moving parts here, but absolutely. I think number one, it has to be Jaden Ivey. And then number two, I think it's probably Keegan Murray. Uh, Ivy is the more exciting prospect. He's probably the better prospect. He's certainly the more unique prospect in this draft. There's just not a lot of other guys like him here. There's just, you know, guards with good size, great explosiveness, uh, playmaking ability. There's just not a lot of them in this year's draft. So he's certainly, certainly going to be an important player. I'm hoping he comes to the Pistons, but uh, there's still going to be a lot of moving parts here. And that could include a Pistons trade as well. Yes. And you had mentioned um, players wanting to be put in good positions. <clears throat> Ryan Wasillo on his podcast. Uh, this is from Yahoo Sports, but it was from Ryan Rosillo. Chet Holmgren, his agent, would prefer to be drafted by the Thunder. Again, doesn't matter. Um, the Magic have right now only worked out Jabari Smith. Um, they are going to meet with Chet and Paolo Bancaro the week ahead of the draft. Seems like all signs are pointing to Jabari Smith going one, but you're right. This could get weird. There was a report earlier today about the Washington Wizards wanting to move up to four, um, potentially moving. I don't know what they could possibly move for four other than Bradley Beal. 
so it's it's going to get weird. It's going to get interesting. Um, and the possibility of a trade does exist. If I'm the Pistons at five, I'm, I'm going to take Jaden Ivey if he's there. If he's not there, I'm going to take Keegan Murray. Um, the floor for Keegan Murray is nice. The upside of Jaden Ivey next to Kate Cunningham is also nice. Um, I think the Pistons are fine either way. Where, where things could get really intriguing is if they do make that trade. And of course, most of the reports have the Pistons doing just that and trading Jeremy Grant for another lottery selection. Um, most reports seem to say he's expected to be moved, doesn't say where, um, but it's looking like another lottery team, uh, which could put the Pistons as high as seven again. Um, so if they do trade Grant, get another first, um, Jasper, who are some guys that the Pistons could be targeting in like that seven to 12 range? Oh man, there's so many players. And I'm also going to throw out another thing as well. Uh, but first off, if they, if they do get seven, obviously Matherin has to be in the mix. I think somebody like Dyson Daniels could also absolutely be in the mix. Maybe even shoot like Mark Williams out of, out of Duke could also be a factor there. Um, you know, they do still, in my opinion, need a, a really like a, a real two-way center. I, I don't think they have one on the roster right now. Um, but Mike, Aaron, something I want to throw out is the possibility of them maybe not just making that trade of Jeremy Grant for seven, but also trading out of the fifth pick. And a team that's apparently been very, very enthused with and really likes Keegan Murray is the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs have three picks in this year's draft. They have the ninth pick, they have the 25th pick, and they have the 20th pick. And I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not 100% sure how I'd feel about it, but I'm going to throw it out there for you guys. What if the Pistons trade Jeremy Grant for seven, and then they trade five and their second round pick, pick number 46, San Antonio for pick nine, pick 20, pick 25, and a pick swap for next year? I'm just throwing that out of there. How would you guys feel about that? Wow. I mean, the Pistons would absolutely be the youngest team in the NBA if they made that trade. Would that, would that be four first-round picks? Uh, that would be four first-round picks, yeah. So wow. you still say with two top ten first-rounders, you still got two top ten picks, and you have two more in the 20s, and you have a pick swap for next year. Wow. I mean, I guess it's it's up to Detroit. I mean, do they like, you know, multiple prospects on the back end uh, of the lottery? Like, are, do they like Dyson Daniels? Do they like Jalen Duran? Do they, you know, do they think Ben Matherin's going to still be there at seven? Um, I don't know if I necessarily make that trade for Detroit. I mean, I think it's good value. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think the value yeah. is certainly there for Detroit. Like, I just think when you look at that roster and, and you have, you know, three draft picks already from last year, four more guys on the roster just from the draft before that. And then you're adding in another three to four guys. I just think you're looking at a very, very young team. And I don't know if I like, I, in my opinion, I feel Detroit should be outside of, you know, drafting a prospect. Like they should be trying to get a little bit older in the sense of getting guys that are maybe two, three, four years already established uh, into the league like a guy like DeAndre who we've talked about obviously has the pedigree of being in the league now for four years he has playoff experience like I don't know if the Pistons are would be doing the doing the, the right thing by by 
adding another, you know, getting four first round draft picks. I mean, that would, is that even like a, is there a history of that even happening where a team makes four first round selections? I guess maybe the only team uh, that has done that could be the Boston Celtics and maybe in the future, the Oklahoma city thunder. But I, I think the value is certainly there. I just don't know if I'm pulling the trigger on that. If I'm Detroit, I think I'd rather get Ivy or Murray or Matherin. And I guess you could still get Matherin at seven, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather have five and seven than seven, nine and the other later ones. Yeah. And I'm also wondering, you know, is that, is that maybe too much for San Antonio to give up even two? Um, I don't necessarily think so. I think that would probably represent good value for both teams, but you know, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I tend to agree with you as well, Aaron. Uh, Mike, I'm, I'm interested in your perspective on this. I'm kind of in the same boat as Aaron. Um, that is a lot of picks to get, which is, which is obviously great. Um, it does, you know, continue to kick the can down the road a little bit in terms of building. And the next couple of drafts maybe are a little bit more deep as opposed to this one, which seems to be pretty top heavy with the top three and then gets a little bit more uh, wacky after that. It's kind of a glut of, of guys. So, and, and the Pistons do need some adults in the room. Um, that's, that's important for team building. Uh, it, it, uh, it's definitely intriguing. It's hard to turn down just the sheer number of assets for that, but I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Aaron in that I, I would probably rather take, take a high-end prospect right now, um, like an Ivy and build up, um, and, and maybe see some growth in terms of winning. I mean, if the Pistons go into next year again and are just horrible, like just horrid again, you're going to start to see some, well, let's just put it this way. They should not be back in the top three of the lottery again next year. Mm-hmm. They, they need to start to actually have some, some positives and some sustained uh, improvement as opposed to just trying to crater every year. Um, getting a guy like Ivy, moving Grant and getting another top end pick. I think those are two good building blocks. And then you could fill out with, with vets after that. Um, but it's enticing. It's really enticing. And Keegan Murray just seems like a San Antonio player just going to have that long career. He's good immediately or, 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 you know, at least, uh, you know, a quality starter immediately. He does just kind of seem like, like such a Spursian player. Totally. Uh, and, and you know what? And I'll throw this. And yeah, I'm going to throw another hypothetical at you guys. Which would you rather have a, a trade of Jeremy Grant for pick number seven or a Jeremy Grant being moved in a sign and trade for DeAndre Ayton? I'd rather have Ayton. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it because I know Ayton's going to yeah. fill a legitimate hole and it's, it's the, the production that we've already seen. He's still a very young player, the growth that he can still potentially make uh, the experience that he has. It's, it's DeAndre Ayton for me, uh, whether the Pistons end up with Ivy or Matherin at five or Keegan Murray, I guess too. Like it's, it's DeAndre for me. I value DeAndre way more than I value the seventh overall pick, I think. So, I mean, even if you're giving up, you know, other assets alongside, I mean, you know, it's going to be like Kelly Olenek or whatever, but still, I mean, look, what if you have to move another pick as well in order to, to, 
get somebody like Aiton. You know, the Suns are like, hey, it's it's not just enough. You're going to have to give us a few, a few, a, a first rounder in two years as well. You know, Jeremy Grant, your 2024 first for DeAndre Aiton, as well as Kelly Olynyk, just to make the salaries work. Well, then obviously it gets a little bit more, more comprehensive. Uh, you know, do you? So what are you getting at five? So are you saying the Pistons have five and then they get seven as well? Or excuse me, they get, wait, now I'm confused. Now I'm talking. Okay. It's so, no, no, no. I got you. It's, it's, so your, your options here are five and seven or five DeAndre Ayton and you're trading away your first round pick in two years. Because I don't think Jeremy Grant for DeAndre Ayton is happening straight up. Even if you're matching salaries, like that's not enough to give up for DeAndre Ayton, is it? From the Suns' perspective, like I feel like they could pull something else off that's that's better for them. Heck, yeah. I, I, I even think agree. something like I even think a trade to Portland for like, I mean, it almost doesn't even make sense with their roster, but like seven and Anthony Simons, just from a straight up like perspective of like, hey, these are assets, almost makes more sense for me from Phoenix's perspective. Yeah. Or am I? Yeah. Or am I thinking? Or am I thinking too? You know, uh, contextless here. I don't, the Suns still want to win. Like they, they committed oh, yeah, a lot of money to, to Chris Paul. They are committed to a lot of good role players. They are committed to, to Devin Booker. They have to keep winning. So in a, in a, in a vacuum, a player like Jeremy Grant makes a lot more sense on that roster, but is that worth as much as Simons and seven? Absolutely not. I think if you're the Suns, you need more, you need, Hey, you know, if this does fall apart, we need some future assets as well. And I don't necessarily see the Pistons having another player on the roster alongside Jeremy Grant that would move the needle for the Suns to say, okay, well, now this is a, 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 worthy, uh, a worthy trade for us. Yeah, I, I think other teams could put together better packages. Agreed. For, for, Agreed. for, um, for Aiton, the Hawks were reportedly interested the Raptors were reportedly interested. Like I'd rather and have OG the and Hornets than Jeremy. Oh Green, yes, right. So, yes. yeah, I, I I mean I think Detroit if it I think Detroit should throw in the the first if if that's what it comes to. But actually, I don't even know if they can because I know their first is attached to another team from the 20, uh, 2020 draft. From I'm trying to remember what trade I think it was the Isaiah Stewart trade. Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't even know if they could. I, you know, I'd, I'd have, I don't know when that eventually turns into two seconds and it becomes available to trade. Um, but I don't know. It's an interesting, you know, just an interesting look into what you value in terms of Detroit's assets and how you value some of these other guys that, that they've been attached to. But I, I mean, I think that's a fair question. And I, 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 at the end of the day, I would value DeAndre more than I'd value seven or a future first round pick for Detroit, who in a couple of years you'd hope is, you know, a playoff team. So that picks, you know, in the twenties or whatever. Um, so, I mean, that's how I view the situation. I got, that's where I evaluate, that's where I value seven and that's where I value, you know, that future first. So just to give a little bit of context for those picks, um, they own, their pick next year, if it falls between one and 18, if it falls 19 to 30, it goes to OKC. Um, and that continues uh, onward until 2027, unless it's not settled. <laughs> so <laughs> chances are they'll be picking one to 18 next year and the year after that. 
Uh, by 2025, it's only protected one to 13, uh, and then 14 to 30 goes to OKC. I'm not sure though. If you trade, uh, I mean, but you can't do it, man. That's that's really a shame that you can't trade that pick because if you could for DeAndre Hayden, there's no there's no way in 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 hell that it's you know not going to be um, that you're going to be picking lower than 18th. I just think that that would be if it is, it's a gigantic catastrophe. Yeah, that would mean something is going <laughs> horribly horribly wrong. Um, I don't know. Maybe Kate Cunningham burst into flames on on the court or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Isaiah Stewart loses his head, actually knocks somebody's head off. I, I can't imagine what would have to go wrong in that in that scenario. But yeah, right. okay. So that's not really an option for you. So boy, that does really make an, an eight and sign a trade more more difficult to imagine. And I guess for me, then I look at it. I think for me and gentlemen, I I think we're kind of in agreement. I don't know. For me, I'm like 75% sure Jeremy Grant's gone on draft night um, or at least shortly after. And I think that 75% of me is saying if it's happening, it's going to be happening for, for, I think it's probably going to be happening for something like, you know, the seventh overall pick. There could be other things we've thrown out the Charlotte trades. um, But for me, I'm looking at it right now. That is the most likely scenario even with Christian Wood being traded for really basically just pick, you know, the 26th pick and salary filler. Um, you know, I, that was one that last night I wondered if that was something that would maybe show that Jeremy Grant's value is not necessarily that of a top seven pick. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say. I, on it. I don't think the Blazers, I mean, we kind of talk about this in our, in our group chat too. I think the Blazers, um moving seven for grant i i mean i don't necessarily think he's worth number seven but much like the suns and much like the blazers you know those are those are two desperate teams those are two teams that have to win they have to appease dame uh in portland and the suns have invested a great deal of money maybe to them it is you know worth just swapping and and saying yeah we're going to live with it we're going to try especially for the case of phoenix um, you know, they have, you know, a, a, a pretty small window right now after flaming out against the maps. Maybe they are, you know, desperate enough and they just say, yeah, we'll just tr- trade the pick. But yeah, I, I feel like he's probably 75, it's about like 60 to 75% gone um, on draft night or shortly, or shortly thereafter. But uh, I think Portland, and it's weird because the, the Bleacher Report had a report this morning that, you know, the Blazers are trying to look for moves at seven and it just doesn't it just doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut team but it didn't mention the pistons as a as a trade partner uh at seven there were some other teams listed um og ananubi and the raptors were 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 listed um but the pistons were not I think we're pretty much all in agreement. Yeah. Like Jasper said, I mean, that he's probably going to be. We've moved. talked about it so much. I think everyone is expecting Grant to be dealt. I, you know, I'm obviously everyone knows my viewpoint on it. If you've been listening to the podcast uh, over the last few months, really over the last season, um, if you have read some of the pieces that I've put out, I'm not necessarily in favor of moving Jeremy Grant. I wasn't back during the season. I think it's a little bit easier this time around. If you're getting a top 10 pick, like when we were talking about it during the season, it was like, Oh, you know, if you can get Cam Reddish and uh, something else from Atlanta, 
Like that's what they should do. And that's where I was certainly not in favor of trading Jeremy Grant. But if you're getting a top 10 pick um, and you're already potentially drafting Keegan Murray, who would slide in at the four spot in place of Grant, like it's very easy to see why a trading Grant now would make more sense. Uh, again, I, everyone is expecting Grant to be doubt. I don't know if it'll for sure happen. I'd say I'm closer to 60. Yes. 40. No, I'm not as, uh, as expecting as you guys are that he'll get dealt. I, I do think there's still a, a good chance that it'll happen though. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have been a very big proponent of, yeah, there's really no need to trade him. Um, it just feels like that's what's going to happen. And he's widely expected to be traded this summer. It didn't necessarily say this draft uh, or, or by draft night, but um, widely expected to be moved. And, and he'll have plenty of suitors uh, as, as well. So that is the first round. Um, we've gone over quite a bit. We're going to take a short break. Um, and you're going to hear a quick uh, word from our sponsor, Credit Karma. So we'll be right back. And we're back with talk on the second round of the NBA draft. The Pistons own the 46th pick in that draft. I have seen a, plenty of mocks of, of the probable prospects available in the second round. I'm not going to pretend that I am a savant with all of these players. I'm really going to you know, hope, hopefully get some insight from you guys on who they could take in the second round. Um, but they do have the 46th pick. Should they be using that pick or should they be trading that pick? I think when you look at Detroit's roster, um, you know, they obviously have a lot of guys under contract. Uh, they have also Koprovica, who they drafted last year, who's, you know, who they stashed overseas. I'm not sure what their plans are with bringing him over. Um, I don't know if they should necessarily be trying to trade the pick. Um, but I'd certainly be open to it. Um, there are some decent prospects, you know, in, the, in that in that second round that I think you know could turn into potential role players uh, in the NBA. And obviously, you know, you look at the way Detroit uh, struggled to shoot the ball last year. Like, if you're able to get a decent spot up shooter in the second round, that you know could give you 10, 12, 14 minutes uh, potentially a night. Like, I think that you know could be a valuable use of the pick for Detroit. Um, I don't know if there's necessarily a bunch of those guys that are going to be available, uh, but just from looking at mock drafts and I haven't done a ton of research on a lot of these guys that are going to be second round picks. Um, but some of these guys like, you know, Keon Ellis, Christian Braun, uh, Johnny Juzang, like these are guys that have the ability to shoot. Juzang has like a little bit of a natural ability to be a scorer. Um, but there are, are some guys that I could see potentially filling in, filling out to be, you know, an NBA player at some level. And it happens every draft, even in draft classes that, you know, aren't necessarily uh, considered to be great. You know, there still ends up being one or two guys uh, from the second round that end up being impact players. And obviously one or two guys out of the 28 picks that are going to happen in the second round isn't a lot. Um, but if the Pistons feel that they can get one of those guys, get one of those guys that, you know, could provide value to them, go for it. You know, if they're going to draft another draft and stash guy, it kind of seems like a, a waste of a pick. Um, so maybe there's something else they want to do with it. Um, but there's a few names that, that they, they could look at, but all, overall, I don't think this is a, you know, a pick that's going to make or break this team. 
They did do good in the sec round, however, last year with Isaiah Livers. And I think he was around 46, was it 38, something like that, that he was picked at. Um, you know, so they're in, a, in an area where they have some familiarity drafting from uh, just based off last season. So, you know, you got to hope that they can land a guy that uh, could potentially play minutes for them or, or, or draft a guy that, you know, they want to send down to the G League for a year and put him in their developmental system and, and see if that, you know, progresses him as a prospect moving forward. He's the 42nd pick in the draft. Sorry to interrupt. I, no, 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 no interruption at all. Um, yeah, no, I, I was going to say, you're totally right, Aaron. This is not a pick that's probably going to make or break the Pistons. If a second round pick is making or breaking your roster, uh, you got big problems as an organization. Um, but yeah, you're totally also right when you say, look, even in weak drafts, weak drafts are deep now. That just is what it is. I, I think of it like the 2015 draft, which was notoriously not good even that draft had multiple multiple good nba players taken after the 40th pick josh richardson pat Connaughton, uh norman powell those guys were all taken after the 40th pick in the 2015 nba draft which sucked it was it was a crappy draft um this is another draft that i think probably lacks you know, that, that kind of super duper star power at the top of it. But just like that, I still think there are going to be some good players available in the range of where the Pistons are going to be picking. Uh, you mentioned one of them, Aaron. I think Johnny Juzang is an interesting guy. If the Pistons want to take someone who is a proven shot maker, uh, has the pedigree, has good size, could come and, and step into the rotation, kind of like Isaiah Livers did just last year. Um, there's other guys, too who maybe have to slip a little bit, but things happen. Uh, Max Christie out of MSU, yeah, he was not amazing last year, but I think there's a lot of upside there. Um, another player I really like out of Nebraska is Bryce McGowan's. Uh, Mike, you touched on it. They need somebody who can, who can spot up probably still. I mean, teams always need spot up shooters. And I know he didn't shoot very well from outside last year. I believe he was at like 26% but he's got a good stroke and, and I think he's a lot better than his numbers indicate. I mean, that was a really, really horrible Nebraska team and he was pretty much the only bright spot for him, and he was quite good. Uh, so if they're willing to take a little bit of a risk, I think that those are, are players that I absolutely would be fine with them taking at 46. Um, if they're, if they're trying to move on from Saban Lee, I think Kennedy Chandler out of Tennessee would make a lot of sense. He's a really similar type of player. He's small, but he's explosive. And he shot 38% from outside last year. So if they're saying, hey, you know, we want another guy who could maybe step into our G League team, who could be that third, maybe even fourth point guard on the roster, can step in if Corey Joseph is moved or, or goes down or Killian Hayes, whatever that might happen there. Uh, I think a Kennedy Chandler would, would definitely be a risk I'd be willing to take. Lastly, uh, Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. He is a guy that is not a great, efficient scorer. But he does a lot of things that other bigs on the roster maybe don't have, especially if you end up trading Kelly Olynyk. He's a good rebounder. He's a good rim protector. He's an awesome passer. And he can screen. And that's another thing that, especially with like Kate Cunningham, Killian Hayes on your roster, you need bigs who can screen for you. You need bigs who can, who can represent a little bit of a pick and pop threat. You need bigs who can rim protect. Um, the Pistons power forward, is rotations a bit jammed up, but hey, by draft night, they could be out of Kelly Olynyk and Jeremy Grant. So 
if you need to rebuild that front court a little bit, I think going with somebody like Jalen Williams, who is, you know, a pretty high upside guy, in my opinion, I think that would make a lot of sense as well. Yeah, I've, I've seen him mocked all over the place, but I, I agree. A second round pick is not going to make or break, but there are some high upside guys. Um, Christian Braun, a, another, you know, decent shooter. The Pistons were one of the worst shooting teams in the entire league. Um, so I wouldn't mind that. You had already mentioned Johnny Juzang, who is a tough shot maker. Uh, the Pistons need some shot makers and there's no short of toughness um, that, that would, that would, that wouldn't quench a Pistons fan. I, you know, they're, that, that, that seems like a, a guy that, that would work as well. He, he was a first round type of prospect, um, you know, heading into UCLA's final four run, but kind of cooled off, slipped a little bit. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind Johnny Juzang. I wouldn't mind Andrew Nembhard either. Pretty steady type of player. Um, I don't think he's going to be uh, quite as one-dimensional as as he was at Gonzaga. He he put together some pretty decent seasons, um, and he's another passer. So I wouldn't mind Andrew Nembhard uh, either. But uh, yeah, you guys touched on a lot of typical second round guys that I think, I mean, you want to take some swings on players uh, like Marjan Beauchamp would be, would be one of them with the G League Ignite. He's, I've seen him mocked late into the first round, into the middle of the second round, seems all over the place, but he's a wing, a little bit undersized, but he's got length and athleticism, could be could be fun i mean the second round you you, you kind of take swings on guys i but, like kennedy chain a lot too but, oh yeah but mike it, i was gonna say oh sorry I, just real quick i was gonna say like i think when we're evaluating this though we have to take troy weaver's history into account and the type of guys he likes to take in the second round are not those big swing guys they're more like the safer more fundamental picks who maybe are getting overlooked but put up good production in college so you know, Isaiah Livers, um, you know, you're talking, <laughs> we're talking Luca Garza. If we're talking like, I mean, Saban Lee was a little bit, but like Saban Lee put up numbers. And so that's where for me, I think somebody like Johnny Juzang is definitely a dude uh, who, who would fit that profile. Like you said, Kennedy Chandler too. Those are, those are players for me, I think more fit that Troy Weaver second round mold. Yeah. I like both those names a lot. I, I do really like Chandler. I doubt he, Gets to 46, but if he does, I'd be all over him. Another, another guard that I like uh, is Ryan Rollins out of Toledo. I mean, mm, yeah. when I watched him play locally here, you know, growing up in Michigan, uh, and he was a good player at the high school level, um, obviously was not a guy that I think a lot of people last year were saying, oh, this guy's going to turn into uh, an NBA prospect in year two, but he had such a good season uh, with Toledo. I think he has a lot of translatable skills as a guard, can handle a ball, can run pick and rolls. I scored the ball and I think he just does a lot of good things. He's got decent size for, you know, a guard at six, three um, wouldn't mind if Detroit took him, if they, like you mentioned, Jasper, if they're looking, you know, to move on from some David Lee and, you know, who knows what they're going to do with Corey Joseph, there might be a guard spot there uh, to, to be available for a player. And I think Ryan Rollins could be a guy that they could step into that uh, potentially. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's going to be a couple roster holes. Cause if, if Jeremy Grant gets moved, I think it's extremely unlikely that another player or two is not moved with him. So I think Hamadou Diallo easily could be gone. I think, like I said, Kelly Olenek easily could be gone. Corey Joseph easily could be gone. There's going to be 
a hole or two in this Pistons roster, I believe, after draft night. Um, and especially if they, they pull off a trade for, for DeAndre Ayton, there is going to be a little bit of a roster overhaul there. So, yeah, I definitely think, like, even if there's maybe not right now a, a place where, like, oh, well, you know, Jalen Williams doesn't really make sense because they have so many power forwards, that very easily could not be the case in, in a week's time. Yeah, I'm trying to find the dates for those um, contract pickups because those those are some guys who could be moved in. Oh, I had the link up. I'm going to try to find it real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, the master at work. <laughs> I don't remember. I, th- I think they. I think Bobby Marks had them, but I don't remember exactly. Come on, Bobby Marks. I blame Bobby Marks for this, not you, Mike. This is not your fault. But no, no, no. But but regardless, um, I mean, these are you know these are movable pieces. They're they're just let's be real. They're probably contract filler at this point. Right. Uh, Kelly Olynyk is 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 an expiring contract if we're being real. Like that's what he is. So. Yeah, he's got the deal where it's you know this this upcoming season's guaranteed, and the next year I think only what three million of it's guaranteed. So it's a it's a team option. It's a team yeah. option actually. It's a, it's a team option in year three. Um, so yeah, that's that's you know probably not going to get picked up for thirteen, and I believe he's getting paid thirteen and a half million next year. So I, I have a hard time seeing that getting picked up. Maybe it will. I mean, shoot. Pistons just paid him 13 per year last off season. Maybe he comes back this year and has a really nice season. Uh, but definitely, I think he's more valuable probably for the Pistons right now as an expiring deal in trade talks. So definitely somebody like Johnny Juzang, you know, if you do trade Hamadou Diallo, there's a little bit of a, of a dearth of backup shooting guards there. Six foot seven can make shots. Uh, yeah. I think that that's definitely a guy next to Killian Hayes, especially if you're taking Jaden Ivey at number five. I think he's a dude next to Killian Hayes that makes a whole lot of sense as a player. I agree with that. I, I think I think he's going to be the guy that, you know, in the coming days, once Pistons fans start looking at the second round a little bit, at least on Pistons Twitter, like that's the guy that I'm willing to bet money everyone's going to be talking about. They're going to be saying, yeah, go get Johnny Juzang because everyone's going to remember, you know, what he what he did against Michigan a couple years ago in the tournament um, they're going to remember that and they're going to say yeah that guy was a bucket let's let's go get him i guarantee i'm willing to bet money that's the guy that pistons twitter starts talking about within a few days and hey maybe yeah. this, this episode of the podcast is gonna put people on we did it trend setters so that date is <laughs> june 28th um they'll have to make decisions on diallo frank jackson and luca garza mm-hmm. but the date today is june 16th and let me tell you, anybody who brings up Johnny Juzang's name after this on Pistons Twitter is going to owe us royalties, my friends. That's right. Uh, it's going to pay pay for itself in internet clout. And that's what really is important here, isn't it? That's why yep. we're really here. We get three <laughs> cents every time Johnny Juzang's tweeted after, uh, after June 16th. Actually, probably after June 17th, because this podcast came out on the 17th, I think. No, 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 no. We, we backdate. We backdate all our financials here at Palace of Pistons, all right? That's how it works. We're, true business. To, uh, We're businessmen first. A bunch of Scro- Scrooge McDucks here. That's right. Uh, yeah, we'll have to let our uh, our uh, bosses at Leave know about that. Hey, anything with Johnny Juzang, I need you to keep up with it. That was three cents. Um. So yeah, they they have uh, until the twenty eighth to decide. Of course, that's after the draft. You know, maybe that dictates some things. Diallo has a, I think his option is for five mil or somewhere around five mil. Mm-hmm. 
So we'll have to see what they do. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's a week away. So we we've talked about the draft so much on this podcast. I'm, I'm glad that we're at the end of having to speculate and predict and things like that, because next Thursday, the picks will be made, the trades will be made, and we'll be able to talk about the reality of the situation. So I am excited to wrap this show up so that next week we can get into the, the real stuff. And then we get to start talking about Summer League. How will the Pistons Summer League roster shape <laughs> up? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas it's it's Aaron's July. Christmas. We're in yep. Vegas. Wow. It never snows. I don't know. I can't go here. I'm I'm not a, I'm no weird Al Yankovic. But yeah, this is this is Aaron's Christmas coming up. Uh, many many a millions of uh, believe podcast network dollars will be spent on his his uh, summer league gambling habit, and I I for one can't wait. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it gives us a lot of content. <laughs> That's well. right. Oh, That's right. Talking about it, uh, and, and you know what stacked summer league teams <laughs> yep the, and the bellagio gets to keep their doors open for yet another year thanks to aaron johnson thanks to and his, aaron and his johnson influx of cold hard cash so yep thank as you, long aaron. as he's also using bet online then uh, you know we're good we have all our boxes checked and crossed off beautiful that's what i love oh man well, we're we good to go well i make sure to to give everyone some love with, with my money I, i'm very generous with it let's put it that way <laughs> <laughs> oh man well we have been very generous talking about the draft for the last month or so. And we're very glad that all of you have stuck around. Um, after this podcast, we will be at 15,000 downloads of the podcast, which is um, a number I never thought we would actually get to. Sure. It would have been nice, uh, you know, thinking about it, you know, six years ago when Aaron and I started this podcast, but to see uh, 15,000 downloads probably hit that by the end of the month is pretty insane to think about so thank you to everybody who's downloaded and listened and commented on youtube about how we have no idea what we're talking about for trading for zion williamson um <laughs> but hey but no, you know what thank but you for all of that but you know what mike the youtube commenters also bullied you into buying a mic and you know so we have to show them a little love for that we have to show them a little bit of love for that yes um a long time ago i should have bought a mic a long time ago but Oh, well, uh, have one now. Uh, but thank you, everybody who has listened over the years. Um, keep on growing the podcast, and it's been a lot of fun. We've been able to add Jasper. We've been able to add some partners to help us help us grow this podcast a lot as well. And, um, you know, Aaron's the mastermind behind all this. I, I wouldn't be hosting if, you know, he didn't ask me to help uh, like six years ago. And, you know, look, look what's happened. Um, now we make Mitch McGarry jokes and talk about, uh, you know, other <laughs> random things all of jasper's uh, stories you know it's led into some really awesome awesome stuff and met some awesome people along the way and so just like to thank everybody who has listened over over the years it uh, means means a lot um even if it was just to download and only get through the first 35 seconds still matters still matters so definitely thank you no doubt about yeah. it no doubt about it one other thing i'm going to plug here before we wrap up uh, palacebusiness.com i had my javen Jaden Ivy scouting report uh, dropped earlier this week. Uh, we should have our Keegan Murray scouting report coming out either Friday or Monday. So TBD on that. And then we'll also have one uh, coming out on Benedict Matherin, courtesy of yours truly as well. So keep your eyes on that. Uh, we'll obviously yep. have coverage following the selections and the potential trades of the NBA draft. So 
Uh, appreciate your support, you know, on the website, podcast, socials, all of that good stuff. Uh, we really appreciate it. And yes, let's let's get to the draft, guys. All right, let's just like let's get let's get off the, the draft. podcast and then it be next Thursday. Deal. Yes. Sounds good to me. Okay. Sounds good to me. So this time next week, uh, you know, we're going to be gearing up for the draft and we hope that you will stick with us next week as well. When we get set to talk about the draft and I don't know when we're going to have the podcast, maybe the day after, um, maybe during, not quite sure yet, but uh, we hope that you'll stick with us at palacebusiness.com and continue listening to podcasts as we get set to talk about who the Pistons picked, what it means, all the trades that happened, all the craziness that is the NBA. And uh, we really look forward to providing you all that wonderful content so that's going to do it for this edition of the palace of pistons podcast part of the believe network um for my co-hosts aaron johnson and jasper apollonia we thank you for listening to this edition of the palace of pistons podcast we will see you all next time When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.